Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Spark Podcast where I'm joined by Principal Business Psychologist at DH Consultant Danielle Haig who's here to talk to us all about that mysterious dark triad. Hi Danielle, it's great to have you here today. Please can you introduce yourself and explain what your job entails? Yes, absolutely. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast today. I am the owner and principal business psychologist of a consultancy based in London called DH Consulting. And what we do is we work with leaders and organizations to enhance the work life for people. And we do that in in two different ways, really. We do that through leadership training and coaching, and then also through well-being within organisations. And a large part of what I do is working with C-suite, it's working with the leaders of organisations across the globe of all shapes and sizes. Fabulous. And what was it that led you to kind of focus on this element of business and psychology and build a career from it over all of the other elements out there? It's an interesting question, actually, because my organization works with leaders. And I think that specifically comes from my years of research of a personality trait called the dark triad. And the dark triad, as we're going to be talking about, is a really fascinating personality. And you normally find them in really, really high positions within organizations and also within political positions as well. So think about prime ministers, think about global leaders, think about people running big businesses. And so I naturally started to work with a lot of leaders and interviewing them, researching them, not just dark triads, just all sorts of leaders. And that's how I became a specialist within this particular area. And it's something that I wanted to work on within organizations, because if you want to make a change within a business, you're generally best to go to the top and work with leadership in order to infiltrate an organization and make positive workplaces for for everyone. And you mentioned there, obviously, one of the areas where you are a particular expert is in that psychology of the dark triad. So for those that may be listening but aren't quite aware of what that is, can you explain what the dark triad means? I most certainly can. So the dark triad is a really, really fascinating personality type. And it's made up of three individual but overlapping personality traits. So they can be measured separately, but you find them. Individuals with the dark triad will score highly on all three of these personality traits. And they are narcissism, Machiavellianism and psychopathy. And uh, as I said, they're they're incredibly successful people and you tend to find them in positions of power. They're very successful. They tend to earn quite a lot of money and they are business owners of successful organizations. They are politicians and they will you'll find them in uh, the boardrooms of many organizations across the world. And. I suppose when it comes to those personalities, we hear yeah. a lot about it in terms of dating. Um, so in yeah. magazines, newspapers, even on TV. But how do those personality traits actually manifest themselves in the dating world? We hear kind of 
the impact of dating somebody with those traits, but we never actually hear too much about how it manifests itself within those certain situations. Yeah, absolutely. So the dark triad is very attractive to the opposite sex because the way that they present themselves, they are very well turned out. They tend to, you know, really maximize themselves and the way that they look. Their image is of the utmost importance to them. So first impressions, you will be wowed by the dark triad. You will think, wow, okay. You know, they might not even be the most beautiful looking person. They might not be the most handsome, but they will be impeccably turned out. So, you know, from hair to all the way down to shoes, everything will be perfectly prepared. And not only do they look good, they are very charismatic. So these people will totally bowl you over. They will make you feel like the most important, the most beautiful, the most intelligent, the most incredible person. They are incredibly, incredibly flattering. So they're great flatterers. They're very charismatic. They will make you feel like you are the most important person on the planet when you are in their presence. And it becomes addictive. You you fall in love with this sensation of what they make you feel like. Everything they do, you know, they will be over the top with showering you with gifts and affection and time. And it will just make you feel incredible at the beginning of the relationship. Beyond that, they then start to play a few games so you'll meet someone and they'll be asking you questions really really intimate questions that you think okay that's that's a bit weird that's a bit off but if you're in a particularly vulnerable state for example you might go with it and you might think wow this person really wants to get to know me they care about me so much and they make you feel really important but actually what they're doing is the dark triad is trying to work you out they're trying to find out what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? They're trying to find out what your pressure points are. And they're doing this so that they can then use it against you at later points in the relationship. So if they find out your insecurities, they'll know how to play on that. And they, uh, eventually they, they, they manipulate for their own gain. So they're never particularly with you because you know they love you and they think you're this incredible person they're with you for some reason that's the extreme of the dark triad anyway and so that's generally how they'll make you feel it and it's always at the beginning that's the most important point um to think about you know is this person just suddenly making you the center of their universe really over the top gestures really wanting to get to know you it's very extreme and then once they've got you hooked on that feeling of making you feel like you're seen, you're heard, you're incredible, that's when they start to toy with your heart. So that's when they start, to, I don't know if you know elastic band theory, so they make you feel absolutely brilliant and then they'll start to back away. And so you run to them, you drop down some boundaries, you drop down your guard, you go back to them, you kind of pull towards them. Then you'll feel, okay, we're fine again. And then they'll start pulling away again. So your boundaries stop dropping once again because you want to get that feeling back that you had at the beginning of your relationship. So you'll start dropping your boundaries and going further towards them. And this is a manipulation te technique that is used to basically make you boundaryless 
So you are very easily manipulated. And that's when gaslighting can happen, which obviously makes you they kind of like deny your reality. So you start to question yourself and you start to wonder, did I say that? Have I said these things? Did my partner say those things? Did they do that? And you start to question yourself, which then makes you more vulnerable and more susceptible to further manipulation and gaslighting. So that's the behavior in the in, in a, you know, an extreme version of a relationship with a dark triad yeah and I guess that does make sense because in those early stages it's very easy you want to be that person's center of their world you want them to make the time to care about you to do things with you and spend time with you but there is that fine line between the early stages of a relationship where you're getting to know each other and then somebody being a bit over the top about it and making sure that you feel that way so that they can then use that against you at a later date. Now, from your experience, would you say there are certain types of people that are probably more likely to fall into a trap of somebody with those personality traits than other people? Absolutely, 100%. So some people are far more susceptible to these personalities and also these kind of techniques within dating. So imagine if you meet someone and they flatter you beyond belief, they make you feel a certain way, you fall in love with that sensation, that feeling of you know, someone making you feel beautiful, making you feel special, making you feel lovable, making you feel, you know, great, wonderful, all of these amazing things, you know, that's what you want to feel like. And you're far more susceptible, you fall in love with that feeling. But if you are already very high in self-esteem, you already feel great about yourself. You know, you're confident, you know your capabilities, you know your worth, you're far likely to fall into that trap of extreme flattery. And you're more likely to say, yeah, and so what? Like, what else? What else have you got? And that's when the dark triad or the narcissist or the psychopath or the mac, they'd probably kind of walk away at that point because you're a tougher nut to crack. You know, you already know what your self-worth is. So what can they add? How can they get you on the hook? They'd have to actually be able to prove a lot more of themselves to those people. However, if you're going through a particularly vulnerable time, maybe your self-esteem is quite low, um, you're feeling vulnerable, maybe you've just come out of another relationship with someone similar and you're feeling um, just hyper vulnerable to people around you, not feeling great about yourself. Maybe you've gained a bit of weight. Maybe you've lost somebody. Actually, also, they appeal to people with lots of money because people with who are very, very, very successful can feel quite vulnerable to others and, and really connecting with people. So, yeah, definitely. If you are particularly low in self-esteem for whatever reason, you're going through a very emotionally vulnerable period, then you are far more likely to be susceptible to the charms and the flattery of someone with these personality traits. And in terms of those signs and behaviours, are there things that we should probably look out for in the early days of getting to know that person that will help us indicate if they are genuinely looking to get to know us better and see where that relationship goes, or if it is somebody that 
does have those antisocial personality traits that is maybe looking into finding out more about you for the wrong reasons. Absolutely, because the thing with these personality traits is that, as you said, they are antisocial, but they don't feel antisocial when they're being carried out. They feel really social. You know, they feel like the most human, wonderful connections. But actually, how many times do you meet someone? So say, for example, you're having a conversation with someone, you meet someone and they instantly seem to have a great attraction to you. And they say to you, oh, my God, I've never seen anyone so beautiful as you in my entire life. You might think that's a bit much. You know, that's uh, a bit extreme. But if someone just said, looks at you and just says, gosh, you're so beautiful. Now, there's a difference there in that, oh, you're so beautiful. feels like a natural, normal response to someone that you're attracted to. Or, you know, you really are attractive or you're handsome. Oh, my God, you're the most beautiful person in the entire world. I've never seen anyone so beautiful as you. It's like a script. You know, it's not quite real. It's it's pretend. And that's the difference between these people. The uh, the dark triad is that they don't feel emotions the same way as other people do. So when they are flattering someone, because those feelings, those kind of words don't really have an impact on them. They have to almost like it's like they've seen it in a movie or something, you know, and so they're kind of playing the role of of Casanova or incredibly, you know, this person who's bowled over by you. So they're playing a role and it's almost like a scripted feeling. Now, when you hear those words, you probably have a feeling inside of you, which is like, oh, okay come on, like you're being a bit dramatic now, that's a bit much. And if you listen to your gut feeling, that is where you know something's a bit off. I've done it before when I've been dating before. Absolutely. You you see, you go on a few dates with someone and you think to yourself, there's just something I don't trust about this person. You can't put your finger on it, but you just don't quite trust them. And you learn to go with your instinct. The more confident you are and the more you think, do you know what? This person might be flattering. They might be bowling me over with gifts and compliments and everything else, but it just doesn't sit right with me. And you're better to wait it out and try the next person and see what happens with them. If you're feeling insecure, however, and their flattery doesn't sit well with you, but you think, actually, it does feel kind of nice then you're far more likely to carry on down that route with that person. So we do generally know, but it's just whether you have that kind of inner self-esteem to trust your gut and go with it rather than, oh, it does feel kind of nice. I like being flattered, so I'm just going to carry on. So definitely the first, the kind of way to, you know, when you first meet someone is trust your gut. If you don't feel like you trust this person, it feels a bit fake. It feels a bit over the top. If their actions don't align with what they're saying, trust your gut instinct and walk away. And you mentioned there, obviously, about trusting your gut. Do you think Mm. that we have got to a stage where less of us probably listen to those gut instincts than we used to? Because I think back to when I was dating and there were things there that you said where I know that I felt that at the time but I just ignored it because I thought actually I quite like this feeling with where I'm at at the moment and I think over time some of us have forgotten 
to listen to our gut. And when it goes wrong further down the line, we will then admit to ourselves, oh, I had that instinct right at the beginning, but I didn't mm-hmm. listen to it. So if somebody is sat there thinking, I'm not sure if I do listen to my gut these days, is there anything that you can kind of advise for them that will help them determine whether that feeling is something that they should be listening to and they should be taking note of those actions and thinking now is probably the best time to go? Or do you think we've just got ourselves into that much of a rut where we don't listen to how we really feel inside and we just go along with the ride just to see what happens because sometimes it's a lot better to be with somebody and not have to deal with the stereotypes where you should be in a relationship and if you're not in a relationship there's something wrong with you then there is to actually listen to your gut and say this isn't the one for me and then try something else you're better to be on your own than you are to be dating someone who's hyper manipulative, probably cheats, probably, you know, is emotionally abusive, essentially. I know I would rather be on my own than be with someone like that. And I think that if you ever heard anyone or, or you feel like you are vulnerable at the moment, or you might be susceptible, or these particular characteristics and traits are sounding like, yes, I'm dating this person then trust me, you're definitely, definitely better to walk away. If your gut is saying, there's something niggling me here, this person is not quite what I think they should be, or it doesn't quite feel right, or, you know, I'm I'm curious, I think they might have lied to me about a few things, then you're best to walk away now than you are to play it out and and feel the fallout of that negative damaging relationship in the long run. I mean, I've been there before. I mean, I've definitely dated people, as I said, who you just know that they're playing a game. It's not right. It's not real. You know, most people, when you first start dating them, they're not super heavy on the you're amazing. You're the most beautiful thing. You're this, you're that. Because that's not really how people normally behave when they're first falling in love. In fact, people generally are kind of coy. They're nervous to tell you how they feel. If someone is so hyperconfident and over the top with their flattery, there's no um, real emotion behind that. You know, it, it is just playing a part and you don't want to be played or be a part of that particular storyline. I think if you are susceptible to it, it's about confidence. I think it's about having the confidence to know that there is someone out there for you and you're better on your own than you are with somebody who is manipulative and a compulsive liar and treats you badly probably over time. It's like being overwhelmed at the beginning so you become addicted to the feeling of being, you know, this person's, they see something that no one else in the world sees. They see this, you know, all your incredible characteristics. No one else has ever seen that before. And people like to be seen. But I can guarantee the person who is your true love, the person who is your soulmate or whatever you want to call them, your ideal partner, they'll see you. Like, don't worry. And they'll probably take their time to let you know as well. And that's good. You know, you don't need it all up up front. Trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And I suppose one of the things that we always hear is that a leopard can't change its spots. And unfortunately, on TV shows, in films, there's always this 
bad boy. There's always this guy that the girl is attracted to and she wants to change him and she believes that Mm -hmm. she can change him. In your opinion, do you think that it is ever possible for somebody with that dark triad personality to ever change their spots and be that person that you think that they can be? Well, uh, they won't change. Absolutely not, because they are so entitled. They have strong sense of their self-belief. They are incredibly arrogant. They would very rarely I mean, I I couldn't even think of an instance when that person would change if they are, you know, a diagnosed dark triad. I think that there are, I mean, a a psychopath is not going to change. Um, A Machiavelli could love someone for sure and genuinely want to build a relationship with someone, but it's likely to be for a certain reason. Everything for them is done for purpose. And the narcissist is just a very, very insecure person who's wearing a mask, essentially. That is what a narcissist is. We still don't really know the nature versus nurture balance. Uh, Sadly, it seems like in psychology, we never quite know. And it's a mixture of both. I think that the narcissist, if they feel safe in a relationship and they feel supported and they feel like someone gets them and that person is a safe space for them, they might relax their narcissistic tendencies, perhaps. But old dogs are even harder to change or learn new tricks. Um, The older people get, the less likely they are going to change. But I mean, people can evolve. I just think that when it comes to dark triads, you're probably going to get cheated on. You're probably going to be manipulated. I think that you'd have to be a very strong character to be able to kind of stand up to these personalities and have a relationship and want to have a relationship with them. Uh, I know what you mean. We are constantly bombarded. Women like to fix things. They want to make people good. They think that they can see a, a good side in people. Honestly, I'd say leave it to someone else. Uh, that would be my advice. I would say walk away and let someone else fix that person um, and find someone who when you meet them they want to improve themselves to be with you not because you have to forcibly change them I think that would probably be the best dating advice I mean I think we've all met so I I mean I know for example with my partner uh, and in fact boyfriends in the past when they've said to me you know when you meet someone and you're in love it's like you want to step up your game you want to get better for them I've never had to force someone to change their behavior for me because they want to. And I find that that's probably where women fall down. They feel like they need to force and help people to be better in in inverted commas. When actually when love is real and it's pure and it's there, I think your partner will step up and uh, and make the change for you as opposed to having to be asked or made to make the change, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I suppose... When it comes to these kinds of personality traits, it doesn't always mean somebody that you're dating. And there are times where we can't always avoid those relationships with these types of people because it could be a family member that has these tendencies. It could be a colleague that has those traits that you find quite difficult to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So what advice would you give to someone who 
by no fault of their own, they found themselves in a relationship of some description with somebody who portrays those signs of the dark triad personality types and how they can help protect themselves, I guess, and also make sure that they're still able to have those relationships that are essential for them without it tearing them apart. Absolutely. I think it's a really good question. I think that, I mean, I know plenty of dark tries, obviously. I mean, I've interviewed thousands of them, but I also know some uh, as friends and family. They're actually incredible when you know them, your family member or your friend. You just have to know how they work. You learn to see the good side of these people. And there are great sides. They're incredibly ambitious. They're very hardworking. They probably will give you excellent advice. When you are close to a dark triad, they are loyal to you as a family member. Family is very important to these people. Close family is very important. They probably don't have a huge number of friends, but they are good family members in that they will look after you. If you ask for their advice, if you are close with them, they will be there for you. You shouldn't be scared of them. They're not clinically psychopathic. You know, no one's going to, they're not running around murdering people or anything like that. They're just very ambitious people. Um, They tend to be very generous with their friends and family, their close friends and family. And when I say that, I mean, like, it's a very close knit and they will support you. And so I think that it's just about understanding that someone might not always be telling the truth. They might be exaggerating. They might try and manipulate you. And I think if you're just aware of it, then you can work with it instead of allowing it to take over. So I think working on your own confidence, having a self-esteem to say, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm not going to do that for you or, you know, actually push back a bit then they're not going to run away or leave you there. They probably will respect you a little bit more. So I think that boosting your own self-esteem, working on your confidence, learning to have a voice is the best way to manage these people who are in your life and learning to enjoy them for who they are and not expecting other things from them. You know, expect, appreciate what they do and what they can bring to your life and don't try and hope that they will be something different because they probably won't and that kind of removes that pressure and allows you to build a better relationship with them. Do you think that people generally find it easier to put those boundaries in place with people that they're not romantically involved in over those that they've got that connection they want to have a real loving relationship with them And they're scared that if they put those boundaries in place, that person's just going to leave them and then they're going to be on their own again. Yeah, I think people are scared of putting boundaries in place for sure. But the way that I see it is if you put your boundaries, your boundaries are solidly there. You respect yourself and will only allow certain behaviours. And if that works for you and that's what is important to you and that person walks away when you've put those boundaries up, they are not your person. They are not who you need to be with or should be with. You need to be with someone who respects your boundaries and whose boundaries you respect. And I think that it's the same in business as it is in relationships. Allow people to opt out. It's good if people opt out of relationships because you don't want people around who aren't fully invested. So if your partner doesn't respect your boundaries, then they are probably not the ideal partner for you. 
because if they don't, they'll expect you to lower your boundaries. And if you stand for nothing, then you fall for everything. So it's really important that you do put your boundaries up and you maintain them and you look out for yourself and that will keep you strong and it means it will keep you in a respectful relationship. And remember to respect other people's boundaries as well, which is really important. And I think with a dark triad, if you do find yourself in a relationship with one, the best way to not be manipulated is to take ownership of your boundaries. You know, you say to them, look, this is where we draw a line here. You either accept this or you don't, and I will walk away. And that is the best way to be. And that's where that self-esteem element comes from, with standing, holding those boundaries. You know, imagine like a dam and you've got a flood of water coming at it. If you can stand strong, then the water will calm down and you won't have to stand strong forever. And that's kind of how I see boundaries. It's important that you have to hold yourself to account when it comes to setting and maintaining your boundaries in relationships. And finally, what would be your ultimate piece of advice if someone's listening to this and maybe they've actually identified themselves in what you're saying and the signs that those personality traits have or somebody close to them? Is there anything that you would advise them to help them deal with either themselves and help them with those situations or maybe those people around them and help support them? Absolutely. I think the most important piece of advice is really it's a binary question. Am I happy in this relationship or not? Like do the good times way outweigh the bad times? Do I feel respected? Do I feel loved? Am I myself in this relationship? Am I thriving in this partnership? If you answer no to those questions, then the relationship is not for you. And you have to be of a very particular personality type to strive in a relationship with a dark triad. And there are people out there who do. Like, don't get me wrong. Some people really thrive in relationships with dark triads. And these people are not axe-wielding murderers. I mean, they're just very manipulative, very callous. They don't really feel emotions the same way as non-dark triads they don't feel fear the same way they take a huge number of risks and they do sadly have a propensity for high numbers of sexual partners so if for some reason you are with someone and who is a dark triad and you are thriving in that relationship you love them they love you it works for you then that is good however if you, this relationship does not feel like you are thriving, you don't feel like yourself, you feel isolated from your friends and family, you feel your boundaries have been completely eroded, your self-esteem is rock bottom, then it's probably the time to start walking away from that relationship. And I know it's easier said than done. So you have to speak to friends and family, build up a support system, Get a plan of action in place because I can guarantee the dark triad will not want you to walk away. It will be a massive hit to their ego and they will try and make you stay as long as possible because they will probably have worked for years and years and years to erode your confidence, to manipulate you. So you do exactly what they say and what they want. And that is what they want out of a relationship. So if you are feeling those negative things, then it is time to walk away. Reach out to your friends and family, maybe a support system, a charity, if you don't have friends and family or don't feel like you can. And know that you do have the strength inside to leave. They will come after you with flattery, 
promises of change, probably loads of gifts, flowers, etc. Probably mixed in with a bit of abuse too. And if you are in this situation, you know what I mean. This kind of swings and roundabouts of extreme flattery mixed with extreme emotional abuse or maybe even verbal abuse, hopefully not physical, but potentially. Basically, it's just about realizing that you can get out of that relationship. People have left them. There is much brighter things on the other side. You may have your confidence knocks and feel like there isn't anything for you. You feel like there isn't a a great relationship out there for you, but I can guarantee there is. It will take a bit of self-love and a bit of self-work, but I've seen it happen before and you can make that change. So I think it's just about if you're feeling something like this is triggering a response in me, this is my relationship, then you need to find the strength to get out and stay out. So definitely, and if you feel like a friend is in that relationship, um, then make sure that they feel like they have a support in you to help them escape that that negative side of a relationship. Gosh, I feel like it's so dark and, and horrible and it's not always like that. That's like the absolute worst case scenario, but it does happen. But remember, as I said, you know, you can always leave a relationship. You, you're not tied to someone forever. It might be difficult, but difficult is not impossible. And that's the most important thing to remember. Perfect. Thank you ever so much, Danielle. My pleasure. If you've been listening to today's podcast and you recognise some of those behaviours that Danielle mentioned and you feel that maybe you would benefit on some additional support and guidance with how to overcome those behaviours, then please do get in touch with Danielle. She is a specialist in manipulative behaviours and she does work with people to build their confidence after leaving toxic relationships. You can contact her through her website, which is www.daniellehaig.com, where I'm sure she'll be happy to help anybody that is affected by today's podcast. Thank you again to her for coming on board and talking us through the dark triad. And until next time, I'll see you again soon.